information at kpfk.org or by calling 818-985-5735. Option two. Thanks for keeping radio and KPFK alive and well. Please help keep independent journalism alive and KPFK radio strong. Become a Sustainer's Circle member of KPFK by pledging at any level. per month, whatever suits you. This is Verdine White of Earth, Wind & Fire, encouraging you to make your tax-deductible donation today at 818-985-5735 or kpfk.org. The views and opinions expressed on the program are those of the show hosts, producers, and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of KPFK and Pacifica Radio. Liberated. Freed. Released. Free from traditional social restraints. Sisters. Girls or women who share a common ancestry, allegiance, character, or purpose with another or others. Fellow black women or girls. Welcome to Liberated Sisters coming live from KPFK Studios. I'm Angela Birdsong sitting in for Sister Charlene Muhammad. She is out on assignment and who knows, she may call in. We don't know about that, but she's out there doing her thing with her pumps on the ground. Today's guest is Dr. Rosie Milligan, author, publisher, businesswoman, founder of Black Writers on Tour, and so much more. We're so excited to have Dr. Milligan as our guest. She was our first guest on Liberated Sisters 12 years ago. Can you believe that? Liberated Sisters has been on the air at KPFK for 12 years. But we have our inaugural guest with us today, and she is going to be talking about the 2023 Black Writers on Tour conference and Southern California Black Business and Tech Expo on Saturday, March 25th at the Carson Community Center, 801 East Carson Street. And the theme for her, um, Black Writers on Tour, is literacy is everybody's business. Who would tell our story? What and whose story are you guys telling? Are you guys writers? What stories are you creating? What history are you making and taping? Perhaps you have a book deep in your belly, deep in your soul, waiting to burst out. So we're calling all of you guys, writers and authors, call in to us today and tell us your writing journey. You may or you may have a question. So just ask the publisher, Dr. Rosie, today on Liberated Sisters. Make sure you give us a call at 818-985-5735. Press 1 to be on the air. But first, before we get into Dr. Rosie, we're going to have our justice report. David Ruggles was a black abolitionist who opened the first black-owned bookstore in 1834 in New York. And he wasn't just concerned with education. He was also concerned with emancipation, as it is stated that he helped free over 1,000 black folks from bondage. Ruggles was born to a free black family in 1810 in Connecticut, but his family exposed him to the abolitionist movement and the nature of slavery through church. In 1825, he moved to New York and was dumbfounded by how openly racist it was there. He felt something needed to be done. While there, he started working for a newspaper and began traveling around as a salesman and speaker to speak about the anti-slavery cause. This led to him opening his bookstore. Ruggles' bookstore focused on abolitionist and feminist literature and eventually expanded to having a lending library and reading room. This reading room became a place where black folks on the Underground Railroad could stop temporarily on their path to freedom. And one individual that you might know about named Frederick Douglass actually came through Ruggles' bookstore and stayed in his reading room for a while before being sent with money to New Bedford. What's the takeaway? We need to make sure we're supporting black-owned progressive and revolutionary bookstores more than ever right now because they play a role in our liberation. 
Okay, that was Mr. Ernest Krim, a black his- history application specialist who uses black history to empower and educate families and train educators. And he shared a black history fact for us today. And to, so Grim Krim gives seven ways black folks protested book bans and black history bans in American history. So check out Ernest Krim at ErnestKrim.com and tag your favorite bookstores in the comment section on today's Liberated Sisters Facebook and IG post with hashtag Black Writers Tours. And we'll respond back to you. So check him out, ErnestKrim.com. We'll be back with Dr. Rosie Milligan. I hope I'm not too late You set my demon straight I know I made you wait, but how much can you take? I hope you see the God in me, I hope you can see. And if it's up, stay down from me, yeah. Sherry, Sherry, Cocoa Bar, Sarafina, Flame and Ice. When I be without you, love, past your ways and trust, I feel you Trust you, don't judge me. I'm a diehard, it gets ugly. Too passionate, it gets ugly. I'm afraid, a little you relate, but not have faith, a little I might take my time, ain't no saving face this time, I hope I'm not too late, to set my demons straight, I know I made you wait, but how much can you take, I hope you see the God in me, I hope you can see, and if it's up, stay down from me, yeah. Sherry, Sherry, Cocoa Bar, Welcome back to Liberated Sisters. I'm Angela Birdsong, guest hosting, sitting in for Sister Charlene Muhammad. And we have our guest with us today, Dr. Rosie Milligan, who is the founder of Black Writers on Tour. And she has a very focused outlook. She says, when we come back, the literacy challenges for black Americans, we increase their economic status. And that in turn helps them to compete globally in the economy. And she also goes further to say, we're moving away from face-to-face conversations and moving toward more letter writing, faxes, texting, emails, and we must combat illiteracy among our children as well as adults. Dr. Rosie Milligan, welcome to Liberated Sisters. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to have you always. Yeah, so so tell us about this Black Writers Tour and how did you come up with this concept 27 years ago? 27 years ago. Well, I am a writer. And for years I've been writing. And I have observed through the years Black folks dying with their manuscripts in their trunk, in the loft, someplace in their home to be discovered by their loved ones because it was impossible many times for them to be able to have their stories told. When they sent it to mainstream publishing, 
they wanted to change it, or they would say, we don't want to publish this, or black folks are not reading. So if they thought black folks were not reading, it was no reason for them to publish that book. So a few of us got out here from publishing our own work, going across the country, bookstores, uh, in a place we could stop, and they thought, wow, black folks are reading. So then they began to pick up some of the books. But it sad my heart to think of those stories that's in the graveyard today because people was not able to tell. So I've never stopped the mainstream publisher to do my work. I feel like if I write, if I publish it, I have the influence to take it all the way. So that's what I help people do. And I want to showcase writers across the country. I want writers to, to know that they could tell the authentic story without sending it to major stream publishing houses where they could uh, dissect it, take stuff out, make it sound more European than African-American. So that's why I put this together to help authors be able to tell that story. Some never told it because they felt, well, I'm not good at the English language. I, my spelling is not that good. I wanted them to know this. Ghost writers. There's no reason for anyone not to be able to tell that story. And my question becomes, who will tell our story? If we don't, who will? And I wanted to preserve the African-American history and culture. And that, that is one way to most definitely to, to preserve and document um, African-American history. So you said that 27 year ago, years ago, you guys were going around and selling books from your trunk. Of the cars? Exactly. Even, um, what's the name? Stella got a groove. She was out there. Elizabeth Harris, Farrah Hutchinson, Steph Dunn, Spears. That's how we really got noted. We just took it up on our own. self did our own publishing. Then mainstream started coming after some of those authors. Yes, we did. Uh, I remember all the bookstores here. Aquarium bookstore, people packing out every place. They were so excited to see black writers. And I know that writing is so important. Angela, I attribute my success today as a businesswoman to the fact that I read Madam C.J. Walker's story, who started up her business with a dollar To me, she was the first. Uh, I would say multi-level marketing, a network marketing company because she started people, women all over the country uh, in the beauty supply with her, her comb and her product. I read about uh, Mary McCarthy, how she started school with Lilla Memphis. I, that's when I know writing is so important. It is really critical. I had a nephew who wasn't doing well in school, didn't care too much about reading. When he read Frederick Douglass, My Bondage, My Freedom, when he said that it is, if it is illegal, unlawful for a Negro to learn how to read, then I know that knowledge must be the direct path to freedom. It changed his world. So I know what writing can do. I know what it means for other people to see people who look like them doing something, and they will feel that they can do it too. So this is very important. So, right, if, when we remember that it it was unlawful for for enslaved people to read, to read, to be taught to read. So, therefore, it has to be unlawful for us to write. Exactly? Because exactly. it, it go, goes hand in hand. Yeah. And people would be for trying to teach other slaves how to read and write. And, Angela, I would be remiss if I didn't say that philosophy still exists today. Why am I saying that? I remember when they start busing kids from South Central uh, to, to, to Woodland Hills and other places to put them in remedial education, not giving them the top of the class. See, nobody's interested in trying to make African-Americans get in a position that they can become a competitor to mainstream. No, that would not be in their best interest. So we must learn the importance of it, and we must empower ourselves that we don't ever again have to beg anybody to do anything for us, not even publish our books, not even put our books in the stores. Because most times they're not in the library. How many black books do you see in the library? 
That's a good question. I cannot answer. I can't even an- answer that that question because I'm I'm think. Well, you know, when, when you when you go when I go to a bookstore, um, and I know we're talking about a library. So I'm starting with what what I know is when you go to a bookstore, they have you know a black section, right? And, and, and which is which is which is just a small right. Go ahead. Ten books, and they even censor those. How many of those stores do you find real liberating books? You don't. You don't. Right. They yeah. Do yeah. So when when we look at um, um, companies like Amazon, Amazon probably carries the most black books in one location. You know. Absolutely. Right. So when so I'm going back to what you originally said, being in the library, I don't even, you know, because, look, I went to UCLA, so I spent a lot of time in the library for sure. But I don't recall um, any black books when when I'm, I'm when, you know, when I was in the library, seriously, when I'm in Powell Library um, and URL, you know, those of you guys who are Bruins, you, you, you know what, what libraries I'm, I'm talking about. Um, up on on the on the UCLA campus, I don't re, you know, Doctor um, Doctor Milligan, I don't recall. That's that's something that I'm going to have to look. Everybody, everybody listening to us right now, <laughs> the next time you go into the library, ask the librarian where can I find the black books, or you know, just look up some black authors and see who's next to them or what have you, because they're going to be surrounded by a lot of non black books. For sure. So this timeline of illiteracy, this timeline of not publishing, not writing our stories, this is where Black Writers Tour comes in. And the other thing, Angela, which is so important, as we focus on reading, that is very important. But writing is as equal. It's right up top of that. Because today... I remember when if you want a job and you were upset about something, you could go into your supervisor's office or you could go to your union representative office talking in but now anything you want, they will say put it in writing. So what happens when you cannot write? The people who are illiterate still what they start doing is cussing about that time. They're ready to cuss somebody out, okay? Because they know they have a challenge. They cannot write. I've seen in community political meetings, and I've heard those who in charge say, okay, what you do, anybody have a question, tell them to write it down. They, and they and laughed about it. I was there when they said, because most of them can't write or can't spell. So then we get rid of those. They don't come to, we're not going to let you just come to the mic and speak. You write it down. You see where I'm going with this, Angela? Yes, yes. That comes out a lot of people who had good things to say because they couldn't write it. They had to go and take and take their seat. If you cannot write, because they're not, they would tell you write it down, email me. So the book stops there. You're not able to do that. And even if you do, and you can't articulate well, it's poorly written. They were throwing in trash can. You can have a letter. A recommendation that goes into the court. The judge look at it. It looks like uh, garbage. It's poorly written. They throw it in class. This ain't nobody. People tend to judge people by the way they speak and the way they write. So that's why this conference is very critical today for our people. Critical for for sure. Because you know, but when I when I was talking to you last night preparing for for the show and and you sent me this document about the real with the real cost of illiteracy I you know it I you know because you you it's certain things you take for granted right if you know how to read and write and and know how to navigate and, and maneuver so um this is this is very critical sister Charlene Muhammad we have um she is on the line right now sister Charlene jump in Assalamu alaikum. Peace and blessings. We can hear you. Go right here. Oh, good. Good. Thank you so much, Ange, for covering down. And Dr. Milligan, thank you just for being my mama doc. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I had to call in. I had to, you know, pardon me, I'm on the road, but I had to call in because it's very spiritual for me. There's so many firsts 
with Dr. Milligan and Black Writers on Tour, you know, as a person that was new to California from the South, but also new to journalism and reporting on the ground for the final call, that is how I met Dr. Milligan, covering Black Writers on Tour. And I was amazed at all of these people, these Black authors, and especially, remember, Dr. Milligan, at one time, the youngest author, I forgot the young man's name, but, um, and please remind us, but, oh, and his grandmother, I mean, there's so many people, there are definitely celebrities that come through the tour, but it's people like the young man and those, you know, children that would be reciting from their books, it's just very important, and I've been with um, your tour in terms of coverage like that each year. So to be able to have you as our first guest. And Angela, I, keep, I don't know why I'm stuck on number 11, but I keep thinking 11. But 12 years now, and to see you still at it, Dr. Milligan, you helped me publish. And I didn't even yeah. realize that I had a book in me, you know. But I just wanted to, to call in and join the dialogue. And, um, you know, I, I have some more comments. But, yeah, let's... 12 years, and, but you've been doing this very long, and you're right. You know, people selling CDs out of their trunks and on corners like that, that's not new. <laughs> There's a blueprint, right? Right. I exactly. was thinking the same thing. You, you took the words right out of my mouth, Sister Charlene, that that is a, a blueprint. And when we say a trunk sale, we got to even go further back because people used to carry trunks, Right. And you opened up that trunk. So it wasn't just the car, what we think now, the trunk of a car, but an actual trunk. But go ahead, Doc, Dr. Uh, Milligan. And, and, and Sister Charlene, what's the name of your book that, that uh, Dr. Rosie pulled up out of you? Oh, Pumps on the Ground. <laughs> Pumps on the Ground. Alley. That's right. Pumps on the Ground. Yeah. Yeah. Work and, and, and analysis, police and street violence. He helped me so much. Right. And so and we know that that the one of the um, workshops or one of the the panel discussions that's going to take place at the Black Writers Tour is um, authors telling their writing journey. Who, who's going to be on that panel, right. Dr. Dr. Milligan? And, and Sister Charlene, do you want to share part of your writing journey with us today? Well, well, that's the thing that's amazing to me, because I sometimes we get fixated in what we do. And what's important to us, right? And I'm so passionate about disseminating good news to our community, even though some of it is about violence and things that are tragic. You know, there are silver linings because each time these stories bring us closer and closer to unity as a people. But, Dr. Milligan, I got to register for the tour. I never, I don't consider myself an author. I don't look at it that way. I had a book in me. I got it out, and I'm on to the next thing. So I'm going to call and register, but go ahead. <laughs> exactly, because you need to be there. You need to be there with your book. And the young writer that you talked about, that was Marquise Cormier, he was seven years old. Mm-hmm. His book was, I yeah. Am Not a Problem Child. The school mm-hmm. deemed him to be a problem child because he was very brilliant. So his mother was getting ready to put him in special ed or whatever the school thought he should be in. His grandmother said, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. She had this young man tested, and he tested off the chart. He would complete his work early. Then he would go over and try to help the other children. Is that a problem, Mm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? They can label our children, and we don't question it. We put them on medication. Uh, we begin to uh, to say things that we don't need to say about them. So we really need to take a look at it. She didn't know how to utilize this this young man because he was so good, he could really help the other students so he knew the work. So all oh, this is important. We had two young girls, was 9 and 10. They wrote their books at that age. And they would read so much, their mother said, when they moved from Inglewood to uh, Cucamonga, they called me. They were so excited. Dr. Milligan, we can check mm-hmm. our 10 books at a time. Did you hear what I said? We can check our 10 books wow. at a time. The mother said she wow. would tell them, you got to go to bed. They would read, and one night she went in the room. She said her daughter was up under the cover with a flashlight reading, and she decided I will not beat this out of her. 
You know, you'd be right. surprised. If children could tell that story. Writing is so important. When I would counsel uh, families and couples, I would say to them, Angela, they said, well, my mama won't listen and my husband won't listen. I said, that's okay. Write him a letter. You cannot argue mm. with the letter. Right. You cannot argue with mm. the letter. Then once they read that letter, they get it. Oh, this is what my wife been trying to tell me. No, because you didn't listen. Writing is so important. Mm. I tell people who are angry with their parents, their, their, their mother, their father, whomever, write a letter. Write it from your heart. I did that in one of my seminars. You don't have to send it to them. Just get it out of your gut. Write it, and you can tear it up. But get it out. And if it's something you want to send to them, those who feel like they're, they're ready to send it, then you mail it when the seminar is over. Those who feel like, I'm not ready, but I got it out, then you can go ahead and tear it up. Writing is so important. Right. It most definitely is. You know, while while we were um, everybody's talking, I had to look up the definition of literacy. And it just says the ability to read and write. Yes. <laughs> I was I don't know what I was expecting the definition to be, <laughs> but it, it, was, it was very simple. The ability to read and write. Exactly. You know, that's communication. I, yes. Yes. Dr. Dr. Milligan, do you remember we were having a conversation one time when I was in your um, office at, at the bookstore, and you said it, Andrew, listeners, check this out. You said people need to understand that importance because where we're headed, and it was way, of course, pre-pandemic, you said where we're headed, do, do we think as a people that we're going to be able to just sit down across from uh, our employers or, you know, people we have to make a complaint against and just roll our necks and bump our gums and complain <laughs> and just talk all day about what we have a problem with? No. With our hands on our hips. We're going to be forced. <laughs> <laughs> you said, no, we're going to be forced to sit down and communicate on paper, and many of us cannot do it. You, I, I never forget that. You have so many lessons from you. So, well, so many know. lessons, so many lessons, you, you know, um, um, I just I just want to make sure that we remember that part of the Black Writers Tour, there is a Young Writers Essay Competition Showcase that's going to be happening yes, also. And, and, and Angela. Yes. It's Black Writers, it's Black Writers on Tour. Black Writers on Tour. <laughs> oh, what, 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 what was I saying? What was I saying? You're not, it's okay. That's okay. Tour. Oh, <laughs> one lady called me. A lady called me yesterday, and she said, "I want to make sure I'm at that Black Books on Tour." So they call it everything. Just get there. Right, Black Writers on Tour. Yes, yes, because that, because that is that that is that is the website. That is the website. Yeah. So right. Yeah. You know, what, you, know what, you know why I say that? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dr. Milton. I discovered during COVID, my heart was so sad. People came into the office. Now, you know, this year we have added Black Riders on Tour, Business, and Tech Expo. Why is that important? People came into our office. My staff worked 50% for the community on my payroll, Okay. They could not sell me everything, unemployment, every application, you had to do it online. Many of them did not have a computer at home, and if they did have a computer, they didn't know how to take their documents from their email, from their phone, and send it to their email and download it. That's when I really began to realize how far that we lagged. In technology, it was a sad story because it was no face to face. Everything had to be technically handled. It was a sad day for a lot of people. We had to help them. With, there was no nobody helping. Library was closed. They couldn't go to the uh, employment office. We had to serve that need. Wow. 
Wow. And I, you know, I've driven by your, your office multiple times because I, I don't live far, far from there. And I, I didn't realize, you know, because, you know, when you're at home and you're fully equipped at home, right? Yeah. You, yeah. you don't think about, you, you don't think about the people who are not fully equipped and what, and how those resources were, were removed from them because of the shutdown. Like you said, the, the, un, the one-stop shops, um, the one-stops for, for an unemployment or, or, you know, that everybody, most towns have. Well, here in the big city, we're not even going to talk about smaller towns or in the rural area. But but here in the big international city of Los Angeles, if you weren't able to go to the library to to utilize um, the computers or go to a coffee shop to use the Wi-Fi or to go in, you were just stuck. At, so, Dr. Rosie, thank you for, for op- being open um, during that time so that the people who knew about where to go came to you to, to, to get things taken care of. We have to stand in the gap for those who do not have. And we have a writing contest every year for children 10 to 18. And this year they're writing about what, how they see the future. It is so important because, you know, we don't know what's on these young people's minds. There isn't a talk show for them. I don't see magazines for them. We don't know what they're thinking. We don't know their pain. When they wrote about how they felt about COVID, it would have brought tears to your eyes. When we saw kids who thinking, I don't know whether I need to think about college. Will I be here when I get 18? Folks, you have no idea the burden that rests upon the hearts of our young people. That's why we have them to write, and we give cash awards. To, to encourage them to write. Black Writers on Tour. Black Writers on Tour. Go to com, And we we are we are in our membership drive um, time right now. So just want to remind people that, you know, you're listening to, to Liberator Sisters. And, and one of our, our taglines when we close out, the Sister Charlene always says, if it's impacting our community or can uplift us as a people, let's talk about it. And we're talking about it right now on KPFK with Dr. Rosie Milligan with Black Writers on Tour. So your KPFK membership provides a happy home for Liberator Sisters with airwaves throughout Southern California, delivering a weekly forum for solutions to critical problems impacting black women and our communities. We highlight our connection to the global struggle for social, educational, and economic justice. We uplift positive images of black women in the media. So go to kpfk.org and pledge securely online so that we can keep having an impact on our community, so we can keep uplifting our people here on the airways throughout Southern California on KPFK. Go ahead, Dr. Um, Rosie Mulligan. And Angela, we get very little financial support from this organization, and people have said to me over and over, Dr. Milligan, if you remove that word black, you can get some help. I said, I'm not removing the word black, because if black folks have a broken leg, why do I need to give everybody else a wheelchair? That makes no sense. I'm not going to do it because we need to come off of the life support for other people supporting our events. Yes, and we got some callers. We got some callers coming in just, just so you guys can know because I know Dr. Rosie said you wanted to take some calls also. Yes. Uh, you know, it's, it's sad that, that none of our organizations are holding events if it wasn't sponsored by white folks. That's all I'm going to say. Go ahead. I'm going to take some calls because I'm okay. about to get made. Okay, Go we're going to take... Well, wait. What are you saying, Sister Charlene? Come in. I want to I I second what... I want to... One second, Paula. I want to reiterate what Dr. Milligan said because we do have the money. We pay for what we want and we need to value this, and we need to value things not just because we're receiving something for it. We need to value black writers on tour and support it, even if we don't want to go or don't uh, think we need to read. But somebody do. Somebody who's going to be taking care of you do. I part my disposition, I know I could be communicating with this a little bit better, but when it comes to supporting people like Dr. Milligan, who has supported us for forever, 
I mean, you know, you, her reach is incredible in terms of how many authors there. I, matter of fact, but, okay, Angie, we're going to get to the calls. Yeah, we have two. We have two authors on, on hold, actually. Well, 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 that's right. One thing I think that we should do, and I'm willing to help with that. Liberated Sisters is willing to help take on that initiative. I saw the people that came through and that come through. Black Writers on Tour, and have gone on and have great careers based on becoming an author, have good book sales, or maybe they don't have the book sales, but they have some other venture, but they were blessed by God's grace to have that connection and lift off through Black Writers on Tour. We need a Black Writers on Tour alumni. And that alumni, I would love it to be a philanthropist piece. So if you had a book that was in you that you came and of course, of course we paid, not me, but of course, because I was covering, but of course people paid whatever they needed to pay, whatever the small nominal fee was to attend the conference, but the wealth of information these major publishing houses will not give you. And that's how to write for not just a black audience, but also a humanitarian audience. And Dr. Milligan, I want to talk to you about that more offline because Next year, or when you have your next Black Friday on tour, uh, the things that you wish and want for for our people and for the community will be there. I think people will respond, but we just need to reach out to them. So, yeah, what do you think about a Black Friday on tour alumni? I think that's excellent. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, well, anyone who's listening that has come through and benefited or had, you were you were actually literally an author and had a booth and an exhibit at Black Writers on Tour. This is a call. Join the alumni. Be the first to join, and we'll talk about it. Thank you, and Dr. Milligan. Thank you. Okay, okay. So we we are we got Dr. Rosie Milligan on on here as our guest on Liberated Sisters. We are talking about Black Writers on Tour. And the timeline of illiteracy and the cost, the real cost of literacy, because literacy matters. So we do we do have two authors on hold right now. So let's let's go to to one of them. Let's go to um, Teresa Batson. Teresa, welcome to Liberated Sisters. Hi, Teresa. And you like, like I, I and I know Teresa personally. She went. She she and I are UCLA alum together. Teresa, tell us about your book. What is your question or or comment for for Dr. Rosie? Do you know Dr. Rosie, Teresa? I don't know Dr. Rosie, but I've heard about the tour, and it's been something on my list all these years that I've been working on my book. So I'm fin- excited to finally be able to participate as an author uh, coming up soon. So really excited. So thank you for having me. I'm Teresa Batson, the author of the Math Playbook, How to Help Your Student Become Math-Minded. I'm a Inglewood resident. I have a BS degree in math from UCLA, and I've worked as a computer programmer and have been teaching and tutoring in the community for over 20 years, mainly in Los Angeles Unified School District. So I'm excited because I it took me 18 years to write my book. 18 years? 18 years, and I, but the book was birthed in me back when I was in high school, and I had a bad encounter with a high school counselor who gave me poor direction, and I feel like it was based on the fact that I was a black girl and, you know, kept me from taking algebra and put me in pre-algebra instead, and that, you know, just changed the whole course of my academic path, and I had to put in the time and effort to make up for that. And thank God I was able to make up for it. But a lot of students that I went to school with did not. And then fast forward, I got into teaching in the late 1990s and was teaching algebra and geometry. And a lot of my students, high school students, were not equipped. They didn't have the basic math skills. And so in 2004, 2005, I started holding some workshops. I held them over at uh, First AME at their um, office there on Adams you know, went out to churches and passed out flyers and everything. 
and held a few workshops, but realized I needed to write a book. So this was in about 2005. And I started on the process, just putting down the information on paper, and thought it would take me about two years to write the book. Well, you know, life happens, but I stuck with it, and, you know, I was still teaching and just jotting down information. And in about 2009, I thought it was 90%, 80% complete finished with the book, but I didn't know what to do. You know, that's pre-self-publishing, pre, uh, pre-online resources. <clears throat> so I, I got frustrated and put the book down, and it was probably at that point maybe 150 pages. Um, and just sort of left it alone. But deep down, I knew that it was for me to write the book, that this information was from God, because... I didn't consider myself a writer, but I had 150 pages worth of information that was going to bless people. Um, and, but I let it go. In 2012, I picked it back up. It's definitely a journey. And I, I met a few authors who had self-published, so I was excited because now there were online resources and people were giving me direction on what to do. And I worked on it pretty consistently until 2017 and 2000. So what? So Teresa, what was? Uh, make, make sure you have your radio turned off. Also, uh, what what was the last push to get this book out? We it got it came out in 2022, I believe. So what was what was that last push? The last push was the pandemic because I felt bad and I was convicted because I realized that if that book had been published, I could have helped a lot of parents who were helping their learners at home because the book is written to parents and guardians and early educators to help them have a, give them power to have a role in their child's academic journey, their math academic journey. Many parents feel like it's not for them to have, they don't have a role, but they do. Okay. Okay. So, um, tell us where where the, the name of your book. Where where can we find it? And and do you want to be part of the Black Writers on Tour alumni with Dr. Rosie Milligan? Yes. So again, the book is called The Math Playbook. It's available on Amazon. Uh, you can also reach out to me on the website iammathminded.com. iammathminded.com. To learn more about the book, I have a newsletter, I do webinars and workshops, and I also speak. And yes, I would love to be a part of the event. I'm looking at it, and I believe it's coming up in March. So yes, I am there. Okay, excellent, excellent. Yes, it's March, March 25th. And so, doc, Dr. Rosie Milligan, you you were saying uh, in our in our pre. Oh yes, go ahead. What I wanted to say is that I hope that no one has to go through the long journey as this author did. That's why we have Black Writers on Tour. We have seminars on how to write and publish a book. We have someone who talk about how to to write your book in in ninety days. We give you everything you need to know about not just writing, how to write, how to publish, and how to sell, and how you have to rewrite your book. You know, I consider myself, I am the OBGYN of the book industry. I help people get book babies. That's what I do. (laughs) I love it. Witness, you got to see, it's magical to see her pull it out of people who are frightened and terrified. And thank you so much, Arthur. But the question, I want to make sure we got the correct answer. Angela is asking if you would be a part of the Black Writers on Tour alumni that is newly forming as we speak. Sister Charlene, can, can you speak up a little bit more? We can We can barely hear you. Um, yeah, my, my, my volume turned all the way up. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Hey, and I, want, I don't think she got your question about the Black Writers on Tour alumni. She said you would love to be part of the event, but the alumni is different. Explain the alumni for us one more time. 
that that is those authors who have come through black writers on tour would they be a part of a cadre of people to help support it in the future moving forward from the event that they are participating in right so so that so so teresa with i am math minded Dot com, she will have to participate in Black Writers on Tour first because she has never participated. Well, the alumni, okay, you, you, we don't have to go through the weeds right now. Like you're an alumni of Cal State, uh, what is it, UCLA? UCLA. That's kind of mindset that UCLA, exactly. I say Cal State, UCLA, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. what I'm talking about. But by the time but that we charter it, she will have been an alumni because the event will have taken place. But it's her choice. But I just wanted to say, I heard when you asked you asked her, she said, yes, I want to be part of the event. So I didn't think she heard the question. Okay, she just texted me and she said, yes, I am. <laughs> Thank you. Roll on, Bertha. Roll on. Okay. All right. All right. You guys are listening to Liberated Sisters coming live from KPFK Studios. I'm Angela Birdsong sitting in for Sister Charlene Muhammad, who you also hear on the show. And our special guest is Dr. Rosie Milligan, who is the founder, the keeper of making sure we all stay literate from the oldest to the youngest to the baby in the womb with her Black Writers on Tour taking place on Saturday, March 25th. But it's not just a one-day event. This is a lifestyle. Dr. Dr. Milligan, now, how many books have you written? I have written 26 books, co-authored three, and I've helped others to publish over 400 books, and I've helped 75 people to set up their own publishing company. Whoa. Those are some stats right there. Now, check, let's just talk about, wait, wait, wait. 75, they set up their own publishing company. Woo! Yeah. Just, the ones, just the ones who have established the publishing companies alone. Liberated Sisters is calling on you. Dr. Milligan, I need all the phone numbers. I need to have a conversation. Angela, let me just bow out real quick because I'm feeling some type of way, you know, about. You're 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 cutting in and out, Sister Charlene, and we we can't hear you right now. Oh, okay, we can hear you now. So so it sounds like Sister Charlene is calling out. So the the so the the, the seventy five the seventy five people that you set up to create their own publishing company, Doctor Milligan. Yeah. Are you still in contact with those people, and are they thriving, and are they planting? and watering seeds like you did? Uh, they're not doing as much as I've done because that's not their part of it. I've written the first book for John Carlos, and most people know John Carlos. They were talking about him this week on Black History Month. I did John Carlos book called Why. I did Kumar Bradley, former mayor of Compton, for a judge. In Atlanta, I mean, the list goes on. Dr. Jane, the late Dr. Jane May, I set up his own company. So, like I said, that's what the OBGYN does. Help deliver yes. book, baby. And that's who I am. That's who you are. We have one, we have another that's caller. Right. I know we're running out of time. We have Harold Washington. Mr. Washington, uh, welcome Andy. to Liberated Sisters. May, may, and, please, and please make sure your radio is turned off. <laughs> Hello? Yes, can you hear us? We can hear you. Right. Well, and it's a pleasure in meeting you and knowing so much about you and your family. But I'd like to introduce you to really the star of the show, my dear mother. Then my living should not be in vain is the title of the book, The Life Earnings of Arlene Wilson Dibbleclay. Ms. Mulligan, I, I will see you at your conference. And I want to thank you for being an inspiration to all of us. To truly, truly, I mean that. So here's my mother, Angie, and, and, and Dr. Rosie Milligan. You can ask her questions about her, about her book. She's 99 years young and uh, born on Christmas Day, so you know she's always failed in knowing it. <laughs> so here's my here's my mother. Here, put it up. 
All right. Uh, hello. 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 Yeah, this is Orlean Wilson Dubaclay. And I appreciate very much in meeting you and what the work that you're doing. And, and you, so, the, so you're, tell us about your book, ma'am. My book is about then my living shall not be in vain. I, to me, it's taking up space and you're not really helping yourself when you've got so much knowledge with uh, having gone through all those years. You can't give up, and I believe that it helps to save many from going through Alzheimer's if they keep learning. Wow. What a word. What a word. We can increase readership. We should be like in the uh, senior uh, places and the convalescent homes. Take books. Sit down and read. A lot of you them can to keep read. learning. A book. It, yes. You know, ma'am, we usually every year have a forum called and let the elders speak. So I want you to get in touch with me because we're going to have that again next year. Well, we have authors from age 65 to 100. We had one that was 102 to tell their stories. I mean, we're missing so much if we don't hear from you. Well, I'm sure my son, he's on another in another room with the radio on. And uh, I'm sure that he, he would certainly uh, like for me to continue on. But I know this has saved me from Alzheimer's. Is continue, you must continue to learn. Absolutely. If you don't, you will lose it. It will take over. But there's a fight, and you know how to, to do that. You've done it as a black person. You've fought so hard, but you continue on Thank and you. pass it on to, to the younger generation. We needed to hear that today. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Right. Thank you so, thank you so much. And that she, she just, she, she just revealed another real cause of illiteracy, right? Right. Yes, yes, to be able to pre- preserve the mind and, and keep you the brain right. and keep the brain fit. Now, 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 your book. Where where can we find your book? Um, my son has uh, taken over, but you can. Uh, what is uh, just a minute? He'll be able to tell you. Okay, okay. Well, I bet you it's on Amazon because Amazon seems to be the keeper of most black books nowadays. <laughs> That's right. Right. On Amazon and all Barnes and Nobles and, and, and all the other uh, book outlets. Okay. And uh, it's a wonderful, inspirational book. Then my living shall not be in vain. And and uh, my mother, you talked about being a trunk. Uh, how people take, you know, when a trunk sell. Yes. She used to sell clothes out of her car. <laughs> and I was with her, my sister and I. And so she's to get back to that. wonderful, wonderful. And I want to just honor my mother. Thank right. you so much. And yeah. Angela, yes. you talked about selling things out of the trunk of our car. If we don't change this economic dynamic, we would be back to selling out of our car. <laughs> right. And that and that's part of what you were talking about last night, how some things come, come full circle. And... Mm-hmm. You know where you know you you because you you started earlier about the brain drain from from our schools here in South Los Angeles going uh, yeah. to to the to the other schools and then and then they trying to dump dummy down down the students and now we're finding you know with the pandemic parents became more aware of what was going on in the schools what's going on with their child so now they're being more hands on again with maybe keeping the kids here in the community instead of taking them out. That's right. Put them in other and Angela, and we should, we should uh, assess our children. Make no assumption how well they're doing. Because the principal don't call you and tell you they're acting up because they're moving on to the next grade. Please do not assume that they are doing well. How at moment each one of you to have your children to sit down and write a few paragraphs 
so you can evaluate whether they can want to women. You need to do that. Yes. Yes, most definitely. Well, um, m- m- Mr. Washington and Ms. Duplicate. Yes. Do you guys want to be a part of the Black Writers on Tour alumni? Uh, my son. And, and, and lead, and, and actually, ma'am, you can lead the Centurion chapter. Uh huh. <laughs> he just opened up the gateway how we need to get into getting books for the seniors to read. Yeah, that's you know, and I, you know, I I have I have gone and visited um, people in in nursing homes and in the senior assisted living places, and and I never thought about bringing 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 a book bringing a book in. Um, that's that that's a very good idea. One of one of my bonus grandmothers, um, when I used to go and visit her right here in, in Los Angeles, off somewhere off of Vermont near um, Torrance. She would always be in there reading a book. Granny always, mm-hmm. always read, read a book. That, that's my sister, Linda Gale, her, her grandmother. May, may she rest in, in peace as, as she passed in, in a ripe old age in, in her 90s. We have another caller, and we're running out of time, so caller. And? Uh, yes, yes, Sister Charlene. Question real quick before we do that and get to Dr. Rosie's okay. remarks before we go. I want Dr. Rosie to please tell us exactly what are the things that she needs to make this year's tour whole. What do you need for the tour? What we need for the tour, I sent on a letter to my basic contact. You know, we want to be able to have provide lunch for those children who are participating. We give cash prizes and certificates. So any assistance will help. But I'm determined this year it's free. Remember all the seminars they used to have to pay for. I told my colleagues everything is going to be free. In the exhibitor booth, I put that money in advertising. So if anything goes over that has to be paid above what comes in from the exhibit booth, I have committed myself this year to make it happen. I want people to be able to get out, bring their children, bring their grandmother. It's free. Okay, okay. So Thank you. The, the, Thank the, you. Yeah, so the Black, the Black Writers on tour March 25th at the Carson Community Center, 801 East Carson Street. For information, go to blackwritersontour.com. This is a free event. Admission is free. The workshops are free. If you want to get information to be a vendor, please go to blackwritersontour.com or call. Yes, or they can call 323-750-3592-323-750-3592. Three five nine two, and free parking. Free parking. Free parking. Free parking. Okay. Well, Doctor Doctor Rosie Milligan, thank you so much. We ran out of time. Thank you so much for being on Liberated Sisters with us today. Thank you. You're welcome. And KPFK family, thank you for tuning in to Liberated Sisters Global Network. Like we said, Dr. Rosie Milligan, she brings the largest black cultural event for Southern California. 2023 Black Writers on Tour Conference and Southern California Black Business and Tech Expo, showcasing authors, business owners, and embracing technology with free workshops, free admission, free parking. Saturday, March 25th. Go to blackwritersontour.com. I'm Angela Birdsong sitting in sit for Sister Charlene Muhammad for Liberated Sisters saying if it's impacting our community or can uplift us as a people, let's talk about it. Next, Freedom Now. have a car, a boat, or a motorcycle that's really ready to go, kind of like on its last legs, it's probably been really good to you. Well, check out this idea. 
How about let it do one more good thing and benefit KPFK? Your donation is tax deductible and it's easy to do. For more information about how the donation process works and how to get your tax deduction, all you have to do is call 877-KPFK-AUTO. That's 877-KPFK-AUTO. That's it. KPFK is needed now.